Welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to the college. Whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, or a current student, or an alum, a member of the community, or part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. I'm Jessica Howard, Chemeketa's president. And I'm Les Wilkes. For many individuals, paying for college can be a huge barrier in deciding whether or not to pursue higher education. But having a college degree can be the difference between earning a family wage or really struggling. That is right, Les. And at Chemeketa, we're doing everything possible to make college affordable for the community we serve. And I am very excited to introduce our first two guests to the program, Abby Goderud, our director of Chemeketa Press, and Patricia Antoine, our faculty representative from the Affordable Learning Initiative. Welcome to the program, ladies. Thank you. Abby, I've heard nothing about Schmeckata Press because I'm not, you know, part of Schmeckata. But tell us something about it. What is it and how will it interest our listeners? Well, Schmeckata Press is an affordable textbook publisher that's based here at the college. And we publish books that are under $50 for students that are in our classes. We've been around since 2015 and we've published more than 40 affordable textbooks with faculty. So faculty authors like Patricia here, who's going, whose book will come out from the press next year. We have saved our students more than $5.9 million since 2015, and we publish books that are accessible, engaging, and effective for their classrooms. That's $5.9 million less that we've saved our that's, students. That's a lot of money. It it's is. a lot of well, money. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to ask, how does this work? Books under $50. You publish the books. You yes, print them. Yes, we publish the books. So faculty okay. write the books. Faculty writes the books. You print them. We, we, we edit them. We design them. And we put them into a format that students can actually read. So we make print books. We also do e-books, which is more and more the format that students are preferring post-COVID. And we do this because what we found, you know, back in 2014, 2015, was that that some books that were for classes that weren't even credit bearing, like say developmental math textbooks, at that time were $250 for students. And so for, we, uh, for one pause, math pause. textbook. <laughs> one book is $250. Yes. Is this autographed by Elvis or something? Or, <laughs> Wouldn't that I mean, be nice? I, you know, I, I, no. never, I had no idea that books are this expensive. Now. Books were a huge expense and often the most unpredictable expense for students. And so you'd have a student who would come into the bookstore and sign up for the classes that they were told to sign up for, knowing what the cost of that would be. And they'd walk into the bookstore and look at their class list and they would sometimes be shelling out, you know, more than a month's rent <laughs> in textbooks um, for books that they would use for one term and then sell back to the bookstore or try to sell back to the bookstore and, and that is just price, it's right? not a good model and so we as a college took it upon ourselves to develop a system where we can make books that actually fit in with the classrooms that the teachers here at Chemeketa are teaching from so they're working with the syllabus that the students are working with they're covering just the material that the students need in that particular term and they're doing that for obviously far 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 less and this is really unusual less um, my understanding is that Chemeketa Press may be the only peer-reviewed college press among community colleges in the nation. This is a huge investment by the college in terms of starting something like this, but also what it means for our faculty to engage in this. It is a labor on many levels, and it is so wonderful because the product of that is customized essentially for the community college student. And in many cases, I think that the student review is part of developing those textbooks. Yeah, so we have our, we put our books through sort of a developmental year. So they go into the classroom 
Mormon students actually give us real live feedback on how the f- books are working um, and how the students are connecting with those books, you know, in terms of both is something wrong in the book? Is there a mistake <laughs> in the book? But also, wrong is, is it interesting? <laughs> is it any, is it interesting for you? Does it keep you engaged and help you learn? Well, also, it depends on, on the book, of course, but if there's several chapters that are not used, I mean, why? What's, why pay for it? it? It is exactly this process yeah. of, of having our own students basically take a look at the book because one of the commitments of the press, as I understand it, was to make them as jargon-free as possible, make them accessible, make them robust and um, applicable to the subject at hand. Because back when when I was teaching in another state a million years ago. That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. What were schools like back then? The Pleistocene era. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you, you basically chose a textbook that you liked, but often it span was not the same span as what you were covering. So you'd end up with these extra chapters. You never had any in- intention to cover. But that wasn't part of your course. And yet the student had to buy the book because that was the option. And I think that happens a lot. And it's very so, common. Yeah. It's very common that, you know, the books that are coming out from the major publishers, the national publishers, are for a national audience. And so they have to touch on a lot of different things that we may not cover here at Chemeketo or we may not be able to get to in a quarter system. So that's another huge issue is that most most schools are on 16-week terms. We're here on an 11-week term. And so there's just you don't have as much time to cover all of the things that are in a commercial book. We've asked we've been very cognizant about designing the books so that students can get through the material. They're not paying for any sort of what we call bloat in the book. And they're written in language that's easily accessible, not language that faculty for all their wonderful (laughs) qualities learn to write as they go through school. You learn to write in academic language. Students who are 18 or 19 years old coming out of high school, they, they don't have that vocabulary. And often the textbook is where the faculty can lose students. So we really focus on making sure that they're, the concepts are there, but they're written in language that students can understand. Unless we have a lot of these books, how many titles do we have um, so We have far? more than 40 of those so far, from math to science to sociology. How does the process work? The f- content is authored by the faculty that we work with, so they are in control of what goes into the book. Um, and then the books are printed by a printing shop. Um, in Tennessee, if you <laughs> if you care to know, um, and then they're sold. Actually, they're sold all over the country. That's been a big push in the last couple of years. Is we've we designed these books for Chemeketa classes specifically, but in the last years, um, last two or three years, we've developed um, a relationship with a national distributor. So ah. our books are being used in Texas and Massachusetts and Rhode Island and California and sort of everywhere in between. Oh, and that's, that's nice. a, and yeah. so we're you know we're not only saving our students money, but we're hoping that that um, all of that work that we've done moves it uh, out to a larger stage as well. Well, and, and there's obviously a lot more to college affordability to talk about. And I wonder, uh, Patricia, if you could tell us a little more about what Chemeketa is doing to keep college affordable and in your role with the Chemeketa Press of late. Well, um, in looking at what the college has done, you know, over the last 10 years, we get feedback in the classroom on a regular basis about the expense of textbook and the challenge for students to get textbooks. And with the initiation of the press, we started getting the impact, the influence of students coming back to us that talked a lot about, you know, they could now afford the textbook and it was something that was very doable. And if I'm not mistaken, all of the press books are um, $50 or less, which is a huge predictable piece for students. 
in terms of, of taking a look at it. The average the average cost now is is around twenty dollars for uh, for the textbooks for students now, which makes a huge impact on their ability to get them, to get them early in the term when they can afford them, so that they have them when they come to our classes, which has been really a step forward for us in terms of getting students off on the right foot. Well, and consider too, with a textbook that's prohibitively expensive, it certainly was the case that students would not buy the textbook. Thinking oh, really? That, so no, they, would they just, just couldn't afford it. Try to just sort so of they would just slide try, by. try to get, get uh-huh. in, try to get through, yeah. try to kind of absorb what was happening, maybe borrow a textbook here and there. Not the way to start strong and certainly uh, succeed uh, the way that, I mean, that the whole point of the textbook is to facilitate the content <laughs> being understood, right? So, yeah. I mean, this is, to, to have that kind of a choice is, is not a good situation for students. It's, it's shocking to me that a book is going to cost as much as $250, you know? I mean, and they you know, still, I mean, they still do, uh, you know? I mean, yeah. we're trying to... It's like extortion of some <laughs> kind. You know? I mean, it's my opinion, okay, I know, but no matter what you see, a hardcover book of any kind, you know, it's never going to be anywhere near that no you know? and it re- i mean we we hope to inspire the revolution i think that's where we <laughs> yeah. where one of the taglines of the press okay. is that this is um this is a problem across the country and this is a problem for every college student and we hear many 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 stories of students who just choose to not pick up the textbook and then as patsy said they end up behind on the first day and that's no way to start a long-term investment in your future in a class where you're behind already. And Patricia, actually, am I right that you are one of the faculty who are authoring one of these textbooks? Yes, yes. The textbook that I used in a particular course on death and dying, which is kind of a specialty area, but it's Sociology of Death and Dying, the textbook was running $180 to $210. And it was definitely not written for a community college audience. A lot of the students that I have in my class are going into professions where they're going to be dealing with death and dying, fire science, nursing, those kinds of careers. And they were looking for something where they gained the knowledge, they gained the understanding, but it was accessible. It was something that they could see how they could use it in their profession. And so that was one of the reasons why I decided to, to embark on writing this, this book was I wanted something that students could actually use and they, something they found interesting and would keep them motivated. And they could picture how it was going to help them in their career. It's, it's not out yet or is it coming out? It is so. coming to, soon right. to my students. Okay. We, but uh, as Abby talked about, we've been piloting it for the last year. So as I've been in the writing process... We've been taking our draft chapters and using them in my courses, getting students feedback in that process as we're entering now into the editing phase. I'm interested in reading that. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that incredible? It is. The Chemeketa Press is something of which we are very proud, and our faculty, it, it, it helps to highlight their incredible work and commitment to students. But I know we also have some other affordability efforts around this high cost, you know, academic materials problem. Patricia, do you have some more information around those options? Well, the college seeing the impact that this had on students as the press began to take hold is they began to look at all the other efforts where, where people across campus in all different areas, from the bookstore to the library to student services, everybody was really putting a focus on how can we make academic materials as accessible and affordable for students mm-hmm. as possible. And so the college launched um, a particular task force, kind of a, a committee. Uh, the Affordable Learning Initiative. And what we did is we brought people from across campus and shared what was going on, how could the college support more work in those areas, and how could we coordinate our efforts in a way to 
broaden our impact in terms of, of making academic materials accessible as possible. And so the Affordable Learning Initiative has been meeting since, I think, 2015. And what we've been in, taking a look at is what's going on? How can we support the folks that are doing those? How can we coordinate our efforts to reduce costs as much as possible for students? And so it has involved um, a lending library where there are some textbooks that are available to students where students can borrow them for the term. For and free, then, right? For free. Right. Yeah, it's nice. And they focused on some of the highest cost textbooks out there so we could chip at that. We have faculty who are using open education resources, which are free educational material made available for faculty, and we're downloading those into our classrooms. You have some faculty areas where they're actually curating their own educational material. Maybe they're not writing a book per se, but they're creating their own material so that they can support their students in those ways. So there's a variety of different things that are going on through the Affordable Learning Initiative where we can help the bookstore leverage their costs, anything we can do to help bring those costs down. Obviously, Les, this is a huge topic and a great big issue for students uh, who are at all concerned about cost and, frankly, who isn't. This is one of those topics and times where we have to stop, but there is so <laughs> much more to say and there is so much good work being done. For all of our listeners, if you have any questions about what we've just covered or comments about today's show, please write to us at chatter at chemeketa.edu and we'll answer your questions through email or on an upcoming show. So thank you, Abby and Patricia, for stopping by the studio today. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Okay, well, it's time for our mid-show break. We'll be right back to talk about some amazing Chemeketa student programs that lead to student success. Stay tuned. Hey, new and prospective students, Chemeketa has exciting news. You may qualify for scholarships that may pay all or some of your tuition and fees for the new school year if you are in one of our human services or behavioral health programs. Our scholarship application will open September 22nd through October 8th. Scholarship selection focuses on students who are dedicated to providing inclusive care to our communities and who can bring fresh perspectives and better cultural understanding. Preference is given to students with high financial need, including DACA and international students, first-generation students, bilingual students, and you must respond to at least one short answer question on the scholarship application. Even if you don't think you meet these specific criteria, submit an application. You might be surprised. And the best news? You don't need a perfect GPA to qualify. For more information, visit go.chemeketa.edu slash scholarships or call 503-365-4747. Welcome back to Chatting with Chemeketa. Joining us now is Liliana Landa-Vialba from our TRIO, Chemeketa Completion Program, and College Assistant Migrant Program, or CAMP, as we call it. Welcome, Liliana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about these wonderful programs that you just mentioned. Well, Liliana, we had the chance to talk with Lino on our last episode and learn about some TRIO programs, but your programs are a little bit different. Yes. So, yeah, Lino, I heard the episode. Lino did so good speaking about the TRIO pre-college programs. Uh, he did amazing, and he does an amazing job with these programs. Um, so with the programs that I am speaking about today, uh, these are the college access programs. These programs are for college students at Chemeketa, and I work with three programs. Um, Jessica, you mentioned those. Um, 
So first of all, the College Assistance Migrant Program, CAMP, this is a program for um, students who come from migrant backgrounds or, or seasonal farm working backgrounds. So we support students, um, we support 50 students annually, and we provide a lot of support. Um, the other program that I get to work with is the TRIO program for college students, and uh, we serve 309 students annually. And finally, the Chemeketa Completion Program. This is a program um, that is actually Chemeketa funded as uh, opposed to the other programs who are federally funded programs. So this program is open to um, students even without the citizenship um, requirement. So um, we serve about 100 students currently in that program. So nice. these, are the, these are the programs that provide the kind of wraparound supports that I think can be so critical for students being successful. So, you know, and, and as we talked last time, the, uh, the success, student success outcomes from these programs are actually more impressive than those of the general population. So you might think, oh, this is a vulnerable student population. They're going to have more difficulties. But in fact, through this kind of an approach, which is it's amazing, and maybe, Liliana, you can tell us a little bit about it, but the outcomes are absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, so our programs are supporting, like I said, farm workers, children of farm workers, migrant students who've moved from place to place in search of jobs, low-income students, first-generation college students, um, students who are undocumented or DACA students. So you're right, Jessica, populations that, you know, um, you know have a lot of challenges to overcome. However, yes, um, the successes are amazing. Um, we are required to report on our outcomes, and uh, we have to track uh, the progress of the students, their completion, their retention. So um, we're very, very much invested in helping students succeed a lot. So um, we um, do track that, and um, our students are really definitely performing, you know, at, at higher levels, um, 86 to 92 percent completion rates of um, college. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. Well, so Les, let's assume that you're in one of these programs. OK, Jessica, okay. let's assume. Let's assume. So you come in and Liliana, what kind of, you know, help or, you know, like what what what, what does the conversation look like when you meet up with one of these students? Yeah, so we when we meet any student who is, um, you know, a student at Chemeketa, we definitely want to help them find resources at Chemeketa. That is our goal, that all the students feel supported, that they feel welcome, that they feel part of a community. So the first thing that we'll do is we'll talk about um, what program suits them best. Um, many of our students are going to be eligible for um, the camp program who migrant students, farm worker students. Some students will be eligible for the TRIO program who are the first in their family to go to college, their first generation college students. So, And all students will also meet that eligibility if they are um, uh, low income, if they come from low income households, if they have a, a disability. Um, so we definitely want to find out what the best program for them is. And we are going to um, have students complete an application process. We want to put them in the right program. We want to learn about them, what challenges they're having, or what are they thinking about? What are they nervous uh, about for coming for college? So we will do the application process. We will do intakes. We will really get to know the students, and, and we want to find out how we can support them best. So you said on which program fits best. What kind of programs are there? I mean, um, yeah. I think it's those. It's the camp. Camp. And then the 
um, Chemeketa Completion Program. That's for mm-hmm. students who don't qualify for camp or TRIO. And then you've got the TRIO, which, again, is first-generation, low-income, disability, uh, those kinds of criteria. Okay. Yeah. How many of your students uh, need English language um, learning? Well, um, and specifically uh, with the camp program, I would say about um, 90 plus um, are second in, uh, English. English is their second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times Spanish is their first language. Um, with the TRIO program, we have definitely also very high numbers of um uh, students whose English is also their second language. So we are having high rates of students who are definitely mm-hmm. need to be supported in that way mm-hmm. um, as well. Yeah. So I think it's trying to figure out, you know, what the students need and then being very, very close to the student to help with that. Sure. And so in some mm-hmm. cases, too, you know, it's really hard for students to ask for help um, because sometimes, well, they, they don't want to be different from anyone else or they don't want to call attention to themselves, or they're self-conscious, or maybe there's a, a sense that, you know, everyone else will think, you know, that they don't belong there if they ask questions. So this is a, a lot more of developing relationships so that when the student says, you know, I'm sorry, my my uh, my car broke down, so I guess I'm, I'm dropping out of school, then they've got a relationship with the advisor in one of these programs who can say, you know what, I got you covered, and here's a bus pass, and then let's, let's work together to get you to... Uh, you know, to get you the aid that you need to address the car. I mean, it's this kind of what I would call, it's, it's, it's much more than just course advising or um, academic planning. You know, it really is about ha- what you need in your life to get you to be successful once you get here. And I think that th- that's one of the biggest barriers. It's, it's all, it's life. It's the life around the student. How, uh, how do they find you? How do they know that you exist? Yeah, so uh, we have different methods of finding the students. Uh, you find them. We find them. Yeah. Yes, yes. We are proactive in looking for students and participants. Uh, you know, preview day is coming. We're going to open our doors. We're going to have a table. We're going to let students know that we're here and how to apply for our programs. Um, specifically with the camp program, we do have a recruiting component with that program. So we actually get to go out to the community, um, to any events, especially those that serve our populations, our migrant communities. We get to go to the high schools. Um, so we're very much out there uh, letting students know to come be part of our program. So Liliana, in addition to the supports that these programs provide, uh, do you and the people involved coordinate student activities as well? Yeah, absolutely. Building building community with our students is one of the most essential things in our program. So we do orientations um, where students get to learn about how to use our services, meet the staff, meet each other. Um, we do definitely do a lot of um, social activities as well. Uh, like I said, building community and building a sense of belonging is one of the things that really I think sets our programs apart from, um, you know, different um, acti- or, or offices, departments on campus. So it's very, very unique to our programs. We do socials, orientations. We do campus visits. Um, so definitely a lot of opportunities for students to get to know um, resources on campus and get to know each other. Liliana, how did you get involved in these programs initially? Yeah, well, I wish I could say I, I was a program participant, but I, I I did meet the requirements to be participant to 
the camp program to the trio program. However, I, I missed it. I was I was a student at Jamaica here myself. You were. And unfortunately, I was not in these programs. And I wish I could say I that's how I heard about them. I actually heard about the programs, um, you know, I, much later after I had graduated. Um, I loved Chemeketa and I knew that I wanted to come back to work here uh, when I graduated from from college so I came back and the first job that I got was actually with the trio pre-college programs Lino's programs currently okay sure yeah so from then you know my just my knowledge about the college programs definitely just totally expanded and um, I'm passionate about you know helping these populations I was a migrant student myself uh, and I also was a first-generation college student so I the challenges that these students um, face uh, those are definitely challenges that I definitely are very familiar to myself so um, I wish I would have participated and, and I didn't but it's okay because I get to be on the other side now helping students really find um, success in their college experience. Well and you know student stories are so powerful and I think that um, some of the stories I've heard from the students who've gone through these programs um, they're absolutely amazing because you don't you I think maybe a lot of folks assume a certain student with a certain kind of, you know, familiarity with the system or a certain um, kind of, you know, direction that parents provide or that, or there's a certain amount of resources that they bring with them when they come in the door. And I think it's all over the map. And I think most uh, post-secondary institutions are very difficult to navigate. You know, who do I go to for what? And, you know, it all seems very high stakes and it seems pretty sophisticated. So I think mm -hmm. having that experience firsthand, Liliana, of mm -hmm. understanding kind of how, how confusing and overwhelming this can be, um, just, it just helps us all understand the value of these programs. It sure does. You know, we recently had our orientation, our camp orientation last week. We do a summer bridge uh, activity where we actually spend a day on campus and a few days off campus. But it really, really uh, is an impactful event because here we have a new group of brand new students who have not met each other. They come from different high schools. They... Um, don't know each other. They're completely nervous about starting college, about meeting a group. But um, it's always the same story it, that that on the first day, everybody's super quiet. Nobody wants to ask anything. But by the end of our experience, tra a transformation <laughs> happens. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you know, I love that because um, it really goes to show the importance, the level of this is what we need. We need to understand that we are not alone doing college alone, mm -hmm. that we have support from the staff, but also our peers. They are wonderful uh, people to get to know our peers, right? The college students getting to know their peers and uh, just really building community with each other. It's, it's such a great thing to see in the students. If you were to pick, let's say, uh, different events and um, whatever that you might you know, organize, um, what may be the most... Um, uh, kind of gain the most interest, you know. I don't know if this is a, this is a good question or not. You know, what attracts more the most people, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You mean like a pizza party? 
Yeah, you know, right. Something free food, Les. I think free, free food, food. Does food always huge. bring them in? <laughs> the food always brings students in, right. for sure, for sure. Yes, it's it's what students are hungry. They're on campus. <laughs> we love to feed students when we can, uh, but that def- definitely attracts uh, you know students to come in. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, student success at the college here at Chemeketa is really our top priority, and I'm always so impressed with the accomplishment of students who use these services. I'm so glad you were able to talk about them with our audience today, Liliana. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having it. Always love speaking about the college access programs. And for our listeners, if you want to know more about what you've just heard, be sure to email us at chatter at You can also send us comments about the show or suggestions for future topics. Again, that email address is chatter at Looks like we've come to the end of our time just for this show though be sure to tune in again same chat time same chat channel for chatting with Chemeketa I'm Les Wilgus and I'm Jessica Howard bye, bye.